Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blom and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. And welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And we are so excited to bring in the new year to bring in a no-proof, zero-proof seltzer, which is actually called zero-proof or no-proof by Chris Carney. So, Chris, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. Welcome, Chris. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, no, no. It's all right. Uh, Gene, if you want to start in and ask a first question. Sure. So, Chris, well, first of all, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Um, You know, what uh, an apropos time to be discussing a no-proof seltzer in, you know, what they call dry January. Um, Or, you know, when I was younger in the industry, we called it Loser's Month. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, all those terrible things where we try to, you know, maintain. But you offer something that's really quite different. Uh, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, get healthy, you got to drink, you know, Gatorade, Pedialyte, whatever, whatever, whatever. You offer a no-proof seltzer that, one, tastes really good, not with a ton of sugars, um, and two, you have a lot of the essential, you know, vitamins and, and things that we need in order to fight off our winter colds and things like that. So you really serve a great purpose in this time now when everybody's you know concerned about RSV and, and COVID and all these other things. You know, you have something that's built that's boosting your body's uh, ability to fight, but with great flavor and just a no-proof everyday beverage. Where did the idea come from? Uh, what was the spark of it all? Yeah, great question. I you know, when the idea came to me, it actually came to me about a year ago, but it's been something that as a consumer who uh, one doesn't drink, but also someone who is uh, interested in the energy drink market uh, while also looking at you know healthy alternatives to your typical juices and sodas and Gatorades, I found that there wasn't really anything out there that really supported those areas, but also was uh, marketed and really packaged in a way that could be really socially um, vibrant. Uh, And uh, a lot of the drinks out there were really in different types of strategies in terms of, uh, you know, focus such as sports or, or leisure. And uh, the components of these drinks were usually uh, over caffeinated. So, you would find a lot of these energy drinks or, or drinks out there as uh, alternatives to coffee that had you know, high amounts of caffeine. And I thought that someone who liked to consume these type of beverages wanted to have more than one or two a day. Uh, as you probably know, you can't really exceed a certain caffeine level. And the whole spin, the no proof that came to me was having a lighter caffeinated beverage while also uh, including a lot of the health benefits that people look for in their daily lives, but also for things they need in the uh, essence of a situation, whether they're tired, they wake up, you know, a little hungover, or it's really an all day type of event. And I thought no proof was something that could uh, really 
capture all that and and also deliver a great taste. Well, I know, you know, in the market, you know, there's really the two, as you mentioned, types of kind of situations where you have the sports type of drinks and, you know, Powerades and things like that. And then you have the, you know, highly caffeinated, you know, have this with vodka and you won't sleep all night. You'll just continue to get drunker um, kind of beverage. And, you know, you really do offer a great alternative to that. And doing my research on the market and what I looked at with you, it's really, uh, you know, kind of a one one of a kind product i really didn't find anything comparable to that and it made me you know stop and think wow why hasn't anybody thought of this so you know do you have any insight i mean you know why the market was just kind of left out there like this and nobody was really manufacturing this type of product because you would think that you know somebody in the in the pepsi cola or you know, Coca-Cola world or the big soft drink companies would have had this. And I don't really see anything that's comparable. Um, You know, what do you, you know, what what was that insight for you when you looked upon it and said, wow, yeah, I am kind of treading on new territory. Yeah. You know, when I look, when I looked further into the market after the idea came to me, I soon realized uh, the options out there uh, in terms of, beverages in the caffeine market were either uh, really high in content or little to nothing at all. And there was no middle ground out there in terms of caffeine level. So that kind of triggered me to think, well, you know, people who like low moderate caffeine levels can drink this, but also someone who craves that, you know, boost of energy can drink more than one. And the market that I looked at currently was just kind of it was it was a high or low type of balance and there wasn't really a middle ground um and then at the same time there wasn't really you know a lot of benefits to these beverages in terms of you know the health benefits that people look for these days um you know some carry the 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 calorie you know spin to it some carry the sugar but there wasn't really anything on top of that and there's beverages out there that are doing that you know as we speak but I felt what was most important to uh, gather people's interest was the spin to the caffeine level and the health of no sugar, no calories, but also the electrolytes and B vitamins as a replenishment, but also something that gives you that energy that you, you need during the day. And I felt those areas really hit home with people and uh, putting that all together with a, a flavor portfolio that I thought was comparable to a lot of the, you know, orange zesty type of drinks you you see out there, but make it, you know, my own flavor. And that's where I kind of went down that path and, and feel like I had that competitive, you know, advantage and also creating my own niche. Well, you certainly did that. Um, And obviously it's being received well out of the market there and, you know, people are responding to it. Did you have a background in nutrition or culinary or food service, really? Or is this something that just came out of the blue and, you know, from a different field uh, to get into? How did, how did you really explore and dive into this? Yeah, so I've been in, you know, the consumer products industry uh, for the last 10 years. You know, I've been in different industries, different categories, and uh, I was a buyer, so on the retail side of the desk, but also in the sales side from the manufacturer. So I had a, a good experience in and in, in insight in learning, you know, what goes on behind the scenes to make successful brands in the marketplace, and what do 
consumers look for in terms of, you know, when they go to outlets in terms of a new and upcoming brand or something that is growing and, and how to uh, gain or more market share from it. So understanding the, you know, the blocking and tackling was something I was very familiar with. And then I, I also had a lot of experience in the healthcare side of things, uh, especially in the over the counter uh, industry. And that industry was a really good, uh, I would say, predictor of what was going on in terms of consumer trends and behavior. A lot of things you saw in the over-the-counter space kind of reflected what people are doing each and every day in terms of taking care of their health. So understanding things like the importance of you know B vitamins, the importance of you know health conscious, you know sugar-free, zero calorie were things that really resonated with me from my experience in that industry. And I felt that there wasn't really a, uh, a drink that out there that had that spin to it, but also had that, you know, you know, I would say appeal that really fit well into the lifestyle and the social networks, because the drinks that you see, you know, really powered up with different vitamins and different ingredients, they typically have a strategy of just truly wellness and, and uh, natural. And while that's good and, and has that its own niche, I want to create something that has that spin, but also can be marketed in a more general manner, similar to like a Red Bull. Now, is that um, coinciding with the Innova tea or is that something that you created on your own? So Innova tea is, is the uh, uh, ingredient that uh, that comes in the formula of no proof seltzer. So it's a uh, caffeine from uh, green tea leaves. It's something I physically did not create in terms of the actual raw ingredients, but that's a key ingredient to the caffeine. And that's what helps drive uh, the caffeine level in the beverage. And um, that was a big component of when I built the formula was looking at ways to bring in, you know, that natural um, spin to it, but also have something that people are very conscious of, of where the caffeine is is sourced from. Um, and I mean, because I'm I'm a huge caffeine addict. I I love caffeine. So the fact that it gives you know gives you a boost um, in addition to having a nice like flavor and being a seltzer, and then all the B vitamins. Um, which I know, as as Jean had mentioned, and you have you know discussed, it it helps with your health and it adds to the um, impact that this this beverage has on its on on the people you know drinking. So, um, what you know, what was your your goal, like your ultimate goal in in inventing this and also bringing it to market? Um, you know, with in regards to just not only having it as a no proof, but also as, you know, a health benefit. Yeah, I, you know, I would say um, it would be it was it was bringing something not only to the marketplace that was that was new and innovative, but also bringing something to the marketplace that I thought would have a really good impact on people's lives. I think when it comes to beverage consumption, I think we're all guilty of overdoing it. If, if, if it's caffeine, if it's alcohol, if it's sugary drinks. And when I look at the impact that I want to make, you know, in this world is, you know, I have this experience behind the consumer products. I have this experience behind healthcare. And I understand the beverage market just from being a consumer every day. And there wasn't really an option out there that I felt really hit home with me and uh, creating something that was not just new and innovative and had its own niche, but also was going to have a 
benefit to people's lives, uh, had a better choice for people out there when it came to socializing, and really just a better choice for everyday health conscious people. Um, I think a lot of the beverage out there, while they can be marketed in a safe manner, you know, if you really do your research, you know, there's lots of instances where having too many of a certain beverage is, you know, harmful for you long term or the ingredients that are a part of it. And I think consumers aren't dumb and they know that. So making that known and making that available, such as no aspartame was a big component of no proof. And I think those are things that I, I feel good about, but also I feel that it helps, you know, those who are looking for those options and, and fit those needs. Well, one of the things that, you know, I and it's terrible to say that I look at your product because of my background and what I'm doing. And I say, well, you know, this makes a great option for mixers because you do have flavor, you do have a unique product. Is that a market where you're seeing people where, you know, you're starting to take that, you know, many times people go to bar and I want a Red Bull and vodka or whatever, but you know, your particular products now making absolutely wonderful additions for healthy spirits, healthy, relaxing cocktails. Something where you, you know, instead of mixing it with a sugary substance, you're, you know, mixing your beverage if you don't drink it straight with something that actually has benefits for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a good, you know, I if I, a good analogy would be, um, it, it, it's almost like taking the Gatorade components of, you know, replenishment of electrolytes and recovery, you know, adding that Red Bull booster and then making it really taste in a high quality state. And I think um, the, the, the spin that I want to have with this drink is not only is it, you know, for people who want non-alcoholic options, people who are just, you know, needing energy, but it's a terrific mixer to a lot of the beverages, like you mentioned, are out there that people have too much sugar. Um, there's really nothing behind the mixer itself, except just trying to dilute the alcohol. Um, and I think, you know, having a mixer that really tastes good has that energy component, but also gives you that, you know, aided, um, you know, health benefit to your day. I think we'll go a long way as consumers think about what they choose to mix their alcohol with, um, versus your typical mixers. And, um, I think no proofs, you know, you know, white carbonated uh, orange citrus flavor really goes well with a lot of the cocktails that people probably look for when it comes to a good tasting mixer, but also something that probably gives them that energy that they need while they're out and about with friends. Well, you know, and I know that there is another benefit uh, to your business and what you're doing is that you, know, you advocate for a really amazing um, group of individuals, um, you know, and that would be, you know, the National Association of Children of Addicts, uh, you know, a really helpful organization. There are, you know, offshoot groups and things like that. But uh, I do, if I'm correct, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you also help support that organization through proceeds from your company here. So um, right now, there's currently uh, no proceeds going to that organization as of right now. Um, with all tra full transparency, it's um, initially wanting to be associated with that, but also market that message and get that awareness out. The eventual plan is to, uh, in some form or fashion, uh, provide proceeds to that organization. 
And I think um, when it comes to things that I want to associate is with things that are really areas of the country that really aren't talked about or really uh, invested to the level of other organizations. And when it came to areas of impact, when it come came to, you know, substance abuse, you know, you know, as we all know, there's a opioid and, you know, epidemic going on for years and there's things like that going on throughout the country. And I, I felt what would be, you know, the biggest impact to, you know, associate, but also eventually support is, is that organization. So, when when it comes to the whole idea of addiction, it's it's really something that you're you know born with. You, you know you you're inherited that you know gene, and those kids and you know younger kids who grow up in those households, uh, they really don't have a choice of choosing their you know genetics. And uh, in 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 the cases where kids grow up in those environments, they have a you know a struggle with figuring out their own life and trying to go the, the right way. And I think, uh, you know, something that I feel proud about is, you know, having that awareness go out and eventually, you know, partnering on, on future campaigns together. Well, that being said, we are actually uh, running low on time. We will have to have you back on to talk a little bit more about this, but in our last uh, 45 seconds or so, can you tell our listeners where they could find more information about no proof and where they can buy it um, and uh, how to get their hands on your product? Yeah. So no proof seltzer, it was officially launched on Amazon about five days ago. So you can go on amazon.com, look up no proof, all one word, and then seltzer. Uh, that's where you would find the the product available. It's listed at $24.99 with a $4 coupon going on right now. And you also can find it at no, www.noproof.com and at no proof seltzer on Instagram is, is the social media. So Feel free to check that out. You know, give us a follow. It's on Amazon. I, I would encourage you know those out there to give it a try. I think you guys would truly enjoy it, and you know have a good option out there for what you what you're looking for. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs, and for Dry January. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. No, problem. thank you. All right, take care. No problem. And we will be right back after this short break. To become a sponsor of Food Farms and Chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in Philadelphia that play on Tuesdays during Drive Time Radio and on a station in New York on Fridays at 1 p.m., you can email us at foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com, ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com, or arpolicus at gmail.com. And welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And I am so excited to introduce all of you to Michael Crossan, who is one of the owners of Bitchin' Kitten Brewery. Michael, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Thanks for having us. <laughs> no problem. Um, now, I know that your brewery has a little bit of a background Obviously, your name kind of brings up some questions like, hey, why? where did you come about your name? Like, how did you get started in this industry? Because I think that both you and your wife are co-owners of other businesses, but not in the hospitality business. So how did you become a, a brewer? So I started homebrewing about 28 years ago. <clears throat> and uh, that's when I moved in with my wife before we got married to a small little apartment in Levittown and uh, moved in with her terrible, awful cat named Shadow. 
Uh, cat hated everybody. Um, also known as Satan's lap cat, but loved Brigitte. Okay. So I started homebrewing beer and uh, we'd have our friends over parties and things like that and just try the homebrew. We're like, hey, what should we call our brewery? And uh, Brigitte coined the phrase. And she's just like, oh, why don't we call it Bitch and Kitten? And uh, just kind of had that in our back pocket for a little while. Um, before I opened the brewery, uh, I made sure that I wanted to understand exactly what really needed to go on to actually get a brewery going. So I worked for about a year and a half, uh, unpaid internship, uh, working in a brewery and learning the ins and outs of using the, you know, the equipment and everything that had to get done. And, uh, so that's how I kind of started and ramped this up. Um, we really don't have a background in uh, hospitality industry. Uh, I've worked in the hospitality industry when I was uh, younger in my teens and my twenties and stuff, uh, managed several different restaurants and things like that. So I had a little background on that, but um, when we found our location, it already had a kitchen built in. And so it was kind of a no brainer. Um, it was right place, right price. And uh, we said, okay, let's build a kitchen too. <laughs> Which is good because, I mean, what goes better with beer than, you know, drinking, drinking and eating. So um, I want to also mention the fact that your your menu um, from your kitchen is very inclusive for vegan and gluten free items, because I feel like a lot of breweries don't exactly cater to that. But I feel like your menu has a larger larger selection or larger um, quantity of options for that. So I have to applaud you for that. Um. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's really just a reflection of real life. Um, you know, I have family members that have uh, restrictive diets or are vegetarian, vegan or friends, you know, and I've gone through the same thing where, you, you know, you have your friends like, hey, let's all go to X, Y, Z place. And they'll ask and say, well, are there any vegan or vegetarian options? It's like, well, there's salad, you know. <laughs> Even vegans get sick of salad, so we wanted to really come up with something a little more substantial so that it's a place that everybody could go to. Yeah. Now, I want to also just kind of bring up the fact that you oh, – so you started as a home brewer with, like, obviously no no true, true hospitality and, as as you had said, um, mm -hmm. hospitality industry background in it. And, but you, you and your wife, you know, obviously had business – you know, a business acumen, like, or history of owning, owning different businesses. So you knew probably how to run a business, but the transition from going from being a home brewer to owning a brewery and, you know, doing so on such a large scale, it's, it's a, a different transition. So how, how did you come about doing that? Like, what was that transition for you? Like, you know, um, I got to admit, uh, I, I did my internship at a Tyndall Road Brewery in uh, Bordentown, New Jersey, and um, great people there. And I love those guys. And I really liked the setup that was there where it was really I like to describe it as like, you know, homebrewing on steroids. Um, there wasn't a lot of bells and whistles. It was all using the same basic kind of processes and science behind what you would do in the homebrewing setup. It was just really dealing with larger volumes. So then it was just kind of peeling that onion away and figuring out, okay, what's some of the things that I need to know about, you know, dealing with going from five gallons to five barrels. And um, that was just invaluable for me. And, 
you know, my brewery set up, it's a, it's a five barrel system and I've really kept it, you know, the same way, just really kind of simple, kind of hearkening back to the original home brewing stuff. You know, I get a couple of bells and whistles. I get a control panel that'll control temperatures for my fermenters and things like that. And I can set temperatures for uh, my kettle and everything like that. But it really goes back to uh, the basic art of, you know, what home brewing is just on a larger scale. Yeah. Now, our our other co-host who is who is on the line, Gene Blum, he is also a brewer and has a lot more of a background in in the food and culinary industry than I do. Um, but I'm I'm sure that he and you know would agree with me when I say that you can get very creative with craft brews. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the 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 real fun part of the process. It, and as you know, is what we do, you know, it's, we could all create, you know, a style, we could all create a winner, we could all create something, you know, that, that is on the market, but it's that own little personal touch that really makes it special. And, uh, you know, it's one of the great things about the brewery businesses, you know, having beers that are just a little bit different than everyone else. And, you know, it's a very competitive market. In Pennsylvania, I know you know more than anybody. I mean, in the state of Pennsylvania, there are over 500 breweries, you know, micro brewer or craft brewers, not, you know, large scale, but 500 craft brewers. That's a lot of competition. Yeah. And that was only 332 and a half years ago. Yes. Yes. It's a, it's an amazing growth and they're, they're popping up every day. Um, you know, and, and it's just, a you know, it's a wonderful opportunity for all of us but you know the market is is starting to get pretty full and you know fortunately in bucks county we have a pretty good county with a lot of great craft brewers and we have an opportunity to you know really help each other and 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 do things together um and as a uh you know brewery person in in bucks county it's you know it's certainly a wonderful thing to be able to refer people to hey you should go here and try this and you should go there and try that. Yeah. And it's actually a really nice community of people too. Uh, I've had almost 100% good experiences with the different brewers that I've met. Um, some of them I've gotten very close to from a personal and a business perspective too, of people, you know, really looking out for each other and kind of understanding that we're all kind of in the same lane, but doing something a little bit different. So it's not so much of a competition thing, which is nice. It's more kind of a, you know, a fellowship thing. It's just like, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. You know, that's really cool. If we can work together, that'd be great. Um, we have really good relationships with, you know, places like Broken Goblet, uh, Naked Brewing in uh, Bristol. We do a ton with them. Um, uh, the Vault in uh, Yardley has been incredibly supportive of things we've done. And I've just had so many people, you know, pass through my doors you know, just kind of checking the place out. It's really nice to see people who are just like, you know, interested in what's going on and supportive <laughs> of what, you know, we're trying to do and, and the industry in general. Exactly. My, uh, my feeling when we opened up our brewery, uh, you know, a little over a year ago, year and a half ago, um, you know, we were in a very special circumstance. And the fact that, you know, unlike a lot of small breweries, I don't, you know, if, if I don't make a certain amount of money every week, I'm not worried about closing my doors because our entire building, you know, sustains everything. We have, you know, venues and other stuff. But, 
you know, the support that we've gotten from the other parts of the industry, the people have come in and gave us free advice. That was really great advice. And, you know, the, the, the love that you, you know, get, and I'm kind of right on the border of, you know, Bucks and I mean, being a warmest or, you know, Bucks and Monco. So we have right across the, you know, County line road, we have, you know, artifact brewing and, and we have other breweries right there that are great too, that have also been, you know, really, really supportive. Hey, Gene, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't catch it. What brewery are you with? Uh, we have tranquility brewing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I knew you were going to say that too. And yes, I've had your beer before. I went to a, uh, uh, we were nominated for a best of bucks event and yes, uh, yes, it was yes. a place right next to, and they served your beer and, uh, I uh, let your lager a lot. Thought that was very good. Well, you you actually we that is our building. So yes, it's you know we have the entire building. So <laughs> I, yes, you if, for that event you were in my building. So, awesome, it's a neat facility. Thank you. That's where the beer festival will be. Oh, nice, perfect, and indoors. That's great. <laughs> yes, yes. I feel like I'm sitting back just watching the beer mans. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I want to circle back to the, to your brewery and to some of the things that you have going on, because I know that you have different events and you also advocate for, um, different shelters, animal mm-hmm. shelters. Uh, and I don't know if you do this already or not, but I know that it's somewhere on your website. You had, you or your wife had added on that you want to, you know, put scannable QR codes so that people can, you know, as they're drinking, look at adopted, you know, adoptable pets. Yeah, we have that on our uh, can labels. Uh, so there's a QR code that you can hit. Uh, right now, we've been doing a lot of work with the uh, Women's Animal Shelter in Ben Salem. A uh, great organization that's been around for 156 years, I think. Um, and, um, you know, basically you can scan the QR code. It takes you to their adoption page. We've done that with several other um, uh, rescues and um, organizations too. Just, you know, we have always had the... Um, the vision when we started out the company and part of our um, uh, basically company uh, statement was to really give something back to the community. My wife and I had worked for corporate America for many years and we really wanted to make sure that whatever we built was something that was, you know, some giving back to the community, giving back to other things. And um, we've had a lot of success with that. We have a lot of people coming to us, uh, working with uh, fundraisers, which have been very, very successful for different uh, animal and cat shelters. Um, We just came in, we were in the top five um, highest um, earners for the uh, Hops and Vines for Hunger in November, which is a great organization which raises money in Pennsylvania for uh, food banks. And, you know, that was just a great honor to be able to, you know, give back. And, you know, it was a portion of proceeds from, you know, selling clothing or particular beers and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's nice to kind of, you know, give back and we never wanted to be like, you know, corporate barons or anything like that. Um, you know, we want, we want the community to understand that, you know, we're, we're in it for everybody too, that we're part of the community, not someone living off the community. Yeah. And that's important. Um, you know, obviously, but while, you know, while you're doing that, people are, you know, and in, in advocating for those things, you know, people are, are sitting back and enjoying a good brew um, and enjoying some great food. Uh, so what are some of the events that you also host? Because I know that you host other events while, you know, like most breweries. 
Well, the big one we're working on right now is uh, we're partnering with the um, Morrisville uh, Girl Scouts of America, Troop 2888, and they came to us with an idea of saying, hey, could we do something with like a beer pairing with uh, Girl Scout cookies? And so basically we kind of responded back and said, you know, we'll do you one better. Why don't we make four custom beers to match with four of the specific Girl Scout cookies? So um, we, we're calling that our Adventures in Scouting series. <laughs> and we're going to be releasing uh, four different beers on um, January 18th, Thursday. And we'll have the Morrisville uh, Girl Scouts there all day from noon uh, until closing. And we'll be releasing the beers. The beers will be on tap. They'll be in cans. And we're also running a special where you can buy a mixed four pack of the four different beers and four boxes of Girl Scout cookies for $50. So that's something we've already been pre-ordering uh, before the holidays and stuff. And we're getting a lot of great feedback on it. I was going to say, oh, I'm down for that. Put me down for an order. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I do one up here, a Girl Scout cookie and beer pairing. And it's we sell out within minutes for that. And I, I laugh because last year, the, the Girl Scouts just reached out to me and said, hey, when are you going to put that on the calendar? And I and I was like, oh, you know, you must have enjoyed it. She's like, we sold a thousand dollars in Girl Scout cookies in two hours. I'm like, wow. oh, okay, you know, yeah, you know, like everybody who came into the event bought Girl Scout cookies as well. We had them set up, and it was a big, uh, a, a really, really big thing. So yeah, it's what a great thing to do, and there's so much fun you can have with Girl Scout cookies and beer. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, they're specialty beers to match with the cookies and stuff. So they're going to be good beers, too. Um, we're doing like a um, peanut butter brown ale that's going to go with um, the peanut butter sandwich cookies. We're doing a cinnamon roll winter warmer to go with the uh, toastier cookies. Um, what is it? Uh, lemon sour to go with the uh, lemonades cookie. And oh, I'm trying to think what's the last one. Oh, yeah. For the. Um, uh, the uh, chocolate delights, I think they're called. They used to be called the Samoas. That's going to be a chocolate stout with toasted caramel or with caramel and toasted uh, coconut. So uh, we got some good beers. You know, it's going to be great stuff to have on tap and a lot of fun. I think I have to come down for that. <laughs> I think you want to carpool with me, Gene. <laughs> idea. No, I, I want to Uber because I don't want to drive back. <laughs> <laughs> Again, do you want to carpool with me? <laughs> There you go. So. <laughs> um, so outside of the Girl Scout cookies, what are some of what's one of your favorite um, beers to to make? And, you know, where can people find it? Because we are rounding down. We have about three minutes left. One of my favorite beers to make. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. People say, you know, ask me all the time. They're like, you know, what's your favorite beer to make? Or what's your favorite beer, you know, that you have on tap and stuff? And it's like, you know. Well, which of my children do I love more than the other? <laughs> kind of hard. I, I, I'll tell you, I've actually got a, a, a soft spot right now for our sour. Our sour um, was voted um, last year by breweries in PA, um, their readers, as the best sour in the state of Pennsylvania. And I do all the brewing. And oddly enough, I don't like sour beers at all. And so I thought it was kind of ironic that, you know, oh, yeah, the one style that I really don't like is, you know, everybody loves it. <laughs> so it's one of those things. I really look at um, brewing and what I do as far as that goes for the beer creation is that um, it's it's not a me thing. It's a people thing. 
Uh, I want people to enjoy what I create. And if they enjoy something that is maybe not in my wheelhouse, that's cool as long as they're happy. So yeah, I like doing that this hour. It's a little bit different. It's gotten a lot of good feedback. And uh, I like doing loggers too. They just take a little bit longer, but um, I take a lot of pride in the uh, loggers because it's one of those things where, um, you know, you could brew an IPA and you could throw an old shoe in there and no one would know because the hops and everything just cover up any kind of faults. But when you have like a really crisp, clean, light American lager, uh, there's no hiding it. You have to do it right. You got to make sure you know what you're doing and uh, take a lot of pride in those. Sounds good. Now, where can people find you and find uh, your products? Well, they can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or they can go to bitchingkitten.com and find out all the information there. Uh, we have everything about the brewery, our menu for food there, and everything like that. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Michael. And um, I look forward to my four-pack <laughs> with the cookies. With the cookies. Yes, indeed. <laughs> That's great. Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. No thank problem. you, Michael. All right. And we will be right back after this short break. Join us on Food Farms and Chefs Radio Show, where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the farmers who make it all possible with co-hosts Jean Blum and Amaris Pollock with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB 97.5 HD2 and at WWDBAM.com and on your smart speaker. Hi, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And I'm very excited because I have such a sweet tooth. And this is a business that will scratch that little itch and get the sweet tooth and your salivatory glands going because I am bringing on the owner of Billy Waffle Cabin, Jenny Gardner. Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you, Aramis. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. No. Um, been looking forward to talking with you. No problem. Um, I was introduced to you by through a friend, and I have to say, one of the things, one of the components of any kind of breakfast or anything like a, you know, a quick grab and go um, aspect of your your business is your different waffles that you know are kind of plated. Like it's easy, like you could get like your your basic Belgian waffle which, you know, isn't even just your basic Belgian waffle. Because <laughs> You know what? I feel like I'm going to take over your interview by, like, talking about all of this. But So why don't I let you talk a little bit about your business and about the waffles and how, it, how it's different from your, you know, normal just batter. Oh, and this is – I do love bragging about these waffles because I feel like I can because – I don't make, I proof them, I raise them. They're, they're a dough-based waffle. Yeah. Um, it is not a batter waffle. It's a yeast waffle with pearl sugar, and they are an authentic Belgian sugar waffle made by a Belgian man. I am part of a franchise, and um, Peter, our, our owner, and his whole operations makes the dough. So because I do not make the dough, I bake it, I raise it, proof it, bake it. I feel like I can brag about it because they are so good, but I'm, I'm not, because I didn't make them, I'd be too embarrassed to brag so much about them, but they are amazing. I can tell you that. Um, I, I hate to say this, but I didn't even like waffles before we started with the waffle cabin. Um, we were skiing in Killington and we smelled this 
smell coming down the mountain and it was the waffles and my daughter asked can we get waffles so we said of course we're on vacation and I said to my husband you you get them I'll just take a bite of yours and well we got them we had them every day on vacation and we bought the franchise by the end of the vacation (laughs) they were that good That was like me. I went to France and I was like, I, you know, everybody talked about how like great crepes were, um, pano chocolat. And I was like, oh, they can't be that great. And this is going years back. And so I was like, oh, I'll try it. Like it was the first day that I like got to France and like I kind of was just like on my own. And I found like a little cart, like because they have all these carts, um, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's you throw a pin and there's another cart. And um, <clears throat> so I got Pano Chocolat, and it was like, okay, now this is my meal every day. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was my exact uh, reaction as well to these, and, and still is. Unfortunately, we do have them every time we work, my daughter and I. It's, it's, they are addicting. Um, but to, And with the warm Belgian chocolate, you just can't go wrong. Yeah. Now, I know that um, that all of the other franchises are, you mm-hmm. know, kind of associated with ski lodges. That's where they're like their, you know, their locations are. Um, and obviously, like when you're skiing down down a mountain and you're like using all this energy and then you smell that nice waft of sweetness and carbs and, you know, and it just hits you and the caramelization of the sugars. And, you know, I, I, I don't know anybody that can't be drawn in by that. <laughs> it's it's a smell that you cannot capture. I've been asked to make candles. They're like, if you made a candle, we would buy this. If you, <laughs> it, it is just and it is just one of those smells. Everyone they walk by and, and they're like the smell. That's my best advertisement, especially in the winter. The smell really carries with the cold weather. Yeah. Um, but. But okay, so obviously, like your location, you're not located at at a ski lodge. So your business is distinguished, uh, you know, and and kind of is just not not just you know a regular uh, waffle house cabin. It's it's something that's different. So let our listeners know what distinguishes your business from the others. Well, we are a completely mobile vendor. Um, we do our waffle cabin. I am somewhere different every day. Um, so my jobs are never boring. It's never the same. Um, we just didn't want to do brick and mortar again. We have always owned our own businesses. So when we came across the waffle cabin and saw the opportunity to be completely mobile, we we jumped on it as our retirement plan. We thought this would be so much fun. We'd be meeting new people every day. We'd be doing public jobs, private jobs, weddings. We do, we do a little bit of everything, but um, but we just now they do have, like you said, uh, primarily they are located on the ski slopes. Um, the franchise is expanding, so there are other mobile vendors now. I believe we were the first completely mobile vendor, though. There are starting to come up in in different they're trying to malls and everything and we were asked to be in kiosks in the mall but i just like being somewhere different every day and meeting someone new every day and we have our regular followers that find us wherever we're at so it's just a fun kind of freelance lifestyle business yeah and and i know that you know you it's like you have a set menu obviously like that you you play off of but i feel like you brought a little bit i could have sworn i saw 
a um a specific like Lancaster waffle. So we do wherever we are, especially if it's a, a a private event or a party. I do. I always rename one of my waffles, one of my favorite waffles, after the location, or um if the if we happen to be doing a wedding, if the bride and groom have a specific waffle that's their favorite, we'll rename it after them. Um, but we do. We always. We always, wherever we are at, we rename it to the area. And it gives people that, like, they're, they get so excited when they see their hometown. They're like, oh, look, they have a land sale. Or, oh, look, you know, they have a, if, if it's the birthday girl, they have a Jenny. It, they just get so excited. So we've we've kind of built that right into our routine. Wherever we are, we rename our favorite waffle after location or person. Oh, that's cute. Now, can, okay, so obviously you go to a different location all the time. Um, do you have mm-hmm. different set locations, like say you're not doing a catered event, like at a wedding or whatnot. What if you had a situation, like, do you have regular spots that you vend at? I do. Um, we There are actually some apartment complexes They that do like us. They're, they, they're um, people that live there love, they, they request that we come back. So we do, there are a few, some Conshohocken, um, and sometimes, and there are some, where am I going, outside of Philadelphia, um, oh gosh, I go all the way up to Pottstown. I am, I'm kind of all over Montgomery County, Bucks County. Um, I'm starting to get into more Delco regularly now also. Um, I must say we always did use, um, Nishamity Mall. There were some, were some regular locations that we went at least once a month, maybe twice a month, but we have gotten so busy with private events that I don't have time to build regular stops every month. So mm. I'll pop up now and then when I have a free weekday open um, or a weekend. But traditionally, I'm, I've just become too busy to have a regular spot each month. I mean, if that's the case, have you considered um, opening up more than one food truck and like vending at different locations with, you know, a a a troop of food trucks, a hundred percent, and that's that is always a consideration, um, and that was a, a plan with my husband and I were in business together. So um, it's just a matter. I feel like this is going to be a huge year of change for me. So we'll have to see what happens, but it is something I absolutely have entertained. Okay. Because I'm like, I I saw the different uh, menu options and I was like, I really want to try that. And I'm like, and I I know that there is ways to like stock a food truck. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it it just makes life easier when there's multiple food trucks uh, under the same brand. I agree. I agree. And I really, I hate turning down people and turning down jobs, especially when, you know, people are so excited to have us. So, so hopefully in this upcoming year, we will be able to rectify that. But I do post my local schedule, like on my Instagram and my um, Facebook page on my, we call it Waffle Wednesday <laughs> and, and hoping that people can find us. And um, and hopefully we will be able to do more public events if we do have more trucks. And I know the owner of our franchise would love that, too. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he would. Um, so just uh, what is your personal like Instagram so that people can find you? Because I, I, I'm going to ask that at, at the end, but I figured might as well ask it since you mentioned it. Sure. I'm, it's well at Philly Waffle Cabin is our Instagram and our Facebook. Okay. So if you're, if everyone, if you're looking to stock her truck, you can get it at Philly Waffle 
Cat. Um, so let's get a little bit into some of the menu options because you you do have a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's it's streamlined, but you do still have a lot. And I, I have to say that um, one of my favorite things and probably something that I would 100% order from you is uh, Bananas Foster. Very popular. Very popular. Um, we get our ice cream from Tannen Brothers. It's a it's a local farm. They've been in business for like 80 years. It's an they're amazing ice cream. Um, and they complement our authentic Belgian waffles tremendously. And then we use um, warm Belgian semi-sweet dark chocolate, mm. um, whipped cream, banana ice cream. You can't get much better than that. No, you can't. Now, like... Um, so I know that you also, cause I, one of the favorites, um, across, across the, the whole entire, you know, globe, everyone's favorite ice cream seems to be mint chocolate chip and you have, um, yeah, a mint twist or something to that yes. matter that yes, you incorporate that. Yeah. So, um, I applaud you for, uh, del- delving into that, that, uh, favorite of everyone's. Yes. You can't beat that mint chocolate. And we have the green mint chocolate chip. There is a difference. People always ask, is it the white or the green? We have the green with more warm Belgian chocolate. Top it with peppermint patties. I mean, that's... If if Gene were on, he'd probably be like... You know, going. Mm, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a mint chocolate chip lover. Um, yes. And, you know, when and then the other one that I I would you know just die for is uh, the chocolate churro. That is amazing. Now we we always tell people we just stole the name. It's not a churro because sometimes you know I don't. And they're like, no, no, no. We understand. I, I actually did put on the menu. Now everything starts on a Belgian waffle. So they real everyone realized because we did steal the name, but um, oh, so they we were. <laughs> infrequently and we just don't want to confuse people you know like but um people do because we have churros we have turtles we have s'mores we just and everyone's like it does come with a waffle right said, yep it does <laughs> so everything starts on a belgian waffle and we use cinnamon sugar and the warm belgian chocolate and then you can add any ice cream to it you would like if you would like they honestly the waffles are amazing they do not need the ice cream but who doesn't like waffles and ice cream right right like that hot the hot sweet and the cold sweet like combo mm-hmm. it's it and it like just melds together it's it's perfect <laughs> it's amazing. And they are, they're filling. So I always tell people, if you cannot finish it, do not throw the waffle away. Freeze it with the warm, like the melted ice cream on it. It's even better frozen the next day. Yeah. So good. So good. And um, just out of curiosity, because I know that the franchises offer like hot chocolate and cider and stuff like that. Do you also mm-hmm. offer those? I have the warm, the hot spiced apple cider. Um, that's right from Vermont. That, And then I have also... Um, a Vermont hot chocolate as well. Um, it do I get most of my products like from from our our Vermont location. That's where our headquarters are. Um, but and then we also order you know waters, drinks, yeah, cold coffees. You know. Yeah. But for the most part, it's our our sweet sugar waffles. And, and our hot spice apple cider, you can't go wrong with that. No, you can't. You know what would be really awesome is if you did an affogato because you have the ice cream. And if you have coffee, you can do the affogato. And then oh. also a side, you know, of the Belgian waffle, like the original or the yeah. turtle would be awesome. The turtle is one of my favorites with the caramel and the warm Belgian chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yes. That would be 
<laughs> and we we have a mocha coffee chip ice cream. It's amazing. On top of the turtle. Sounds wonderful. Favorites. Yeah, that sounds. And the coffee that you're talking about, I think I might have to add a new item to my menu. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yes. You call it the food yes. farms and shops. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that would be amazing if I like rolled up and and, and uh, saw that. I would be so excited. I would order like 10 yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so um, outside of that, like, do you ever vend at like large events? We are actually at Music Fest every summer. Um, that's up in Bethlehem. It's the oldest music fest in the country. Um and that's a 10-day festival in, in the beginning of August. Um, I I am at A Day, like at Delval College. I'm in like you know, Montgomery County, Bucks County, and they have a three-day festival every year. Um, I'm always there. Um, I'm always at the Horsham Farmers Market, which is a local farmers market that's amazing. They win awards for being so great and such a great farmers market. So I am there um, for half the season. It runs June through, um, I think, the end of October. And they do have a winter market coming up, so I'll be there in the end of January. Um, I'm trying to think. But there are a lot. So in one sense, I do have some regular jobs, but it's just not routine weekly. Yeah. But again, you like that mobility and um, and mm-hmm. also, you know, the, the fact that you can go cater to different weddings and, and um, parties mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. That's that's also a good thing. So much fun. It's so much fun. You meet somebody new every day. You have a new follower every day, a new environment. There's always, you know, with my job, people are always happy. They're always excited to see me. They always tell me I smell good. (laughs) It's just, and usually there's always music. Yeah. Because if I'm at, it's just a, it's just a a win-win for me. And that's perfect. And a win-win for us, too, because we not only <laughs> oh, get to nice. uh, consume something that's delicious, we get to see your lovely face. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> um, now, for anyone who is listening out there that wants to, you know, reach out and have you cater their event or find you online, where can they find you? You can. Um, well, our Facebook is Billy Waffle Cabin or email me. I, I like to do a lot of things through email because then I can keep track and and order because I do I do I I like to do all the buggings myself just so I mean I guess a little controlling I don't, <laughs> but That's I like, fine. it's at it's at uh, Billy Waffle Cabin at gmail dot com um, and I try and get back to everybody the same day if, or or the next day at the latest um, and just just to share my information to give them an answer yes or no. Um, tell them where I'm going to be, or I do, I don't mind people calling on my, it's my business line. Um, that also, I don't mind giving out and, and I, people text me, ask me where I'm going to be. It's just, um, it's just sometimes it's easier, especially when you're busy because then you can answer a quick text rather than seeing your social, social media. But I do get a lot of. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, because we are out of time. What is that phone number? It's 267-228-4289. All right. Jenny, thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Aramis, it was so nice to speak with you. I was very nervous. So thank you for being such a gracious hostess. No problem. Post. I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. <clears throat> All right. And tune in every single week as we have brand new episodes. I am so excited to be back. Happy 2024. And yes. yes and tune in to Food Farms and Chefs. 
To listen to the rest of Food Farms and Chefs, tune your HD radio to 97.5 WPEN HD2 or stream live from WWDBAM.com.